1: Hello and welcome to the Career Confidant. We're glad you're here today. And you are gonna be glad that you're here, especially if you've been in job search or you help job seekers. And you note that there's often some confusion around how recruiters work. Because today we are joined by Melissa Reeves, who's a was a recruiter at the Fortune number one company. We won't name names, but the, the top company in the, in the Fortune list multiple years. And so, Melissa, you really knows what recruiters are doing, what they look for, and we're going to talk about all the different ways that recruiters work today. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Marie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I know that we're going to drop some really good tips for all job seekers, and I'm excited to talk, talk more about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, let's just dive right in here. So, you... Now run your own consulting company Fortuna Consulting Fortune Fortune Avenue Consulting and you yes. are helping job seekers but you you just recently were working as a recruiter so share with us who does a recruiter work for
2: Yeah yeah so um it's, it's very interesting. Um, most job seekers think that recruiters are actually representing them as candidates, um, but who they are reporting to is the company that they are hired by. And that can be, you know, whether the company employs them internally. Um, it can be agencies or recruiting firms, you know, staffing firms. Those are the people that the recruiters are actually um, representing and reporting to. So while they want to help as many candidates as they can, the bottom line is that they have to deliver what the client and that's again that company, that agency, that firm. Um, they have to they have to report ultimately to them. And, and so no, I know that I a lot of that people that. also look at you know there's headhunters and independent recruiters, but those are still people who are reporting to the job poster, if you think about it that way. It's not somebody that is just solely representing a candidate.
1: Yeah, and this is sometimes confusing to people because there are a lot of different kinds of recruiters. So you were an internal recruiter for the company, but tell me a little bit about the other types of recruiters that people might encounter in their search.
2: yeah so the biggest one um that and actually I worked uh as both with the same company, so I was internal at first, and then we did what was called uh, recruitment placement outsourcing, so that is uh more of the agency um recruiting side um and so they are companies that are consulting largely for um just recruiting and they will be representing, you know, tons and tons of different companies. So you might have somebody that's sitting on one account, uh, let's just say, Amazon, um, and then they could also be working on another, you know, AT&T or something. So those are the agency ones. They're still, you know, really closely aligned, um, and a lot of times they represent as the company if they're on a long-term account. Um, So they really function pretty similarly. Um, and then, you know, a staffing firm, that would be another one. A lot of those are really high volume. Um, you know, if we think about like manufacturing, um, customer service, those types of real high volume, kind of high turnover roles,
1: um, that's what a lot of the staffing firms
2: uh, are recruiting for.
1: And then there's this idea um, that we hear from job seekers about a headhunter and I'm going to find a headhunter who will find me a job. Do these mythical creatures exist?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, not that I know of, so again, um, you know, they are still, whether they're independent or not, you know, maybe they're working at a firm and they're, they're called a headhunter as well. Um, they're still having to, Deliver to a company on whatever job that they are recruiting for. So it's still going to be. Um, you might be able to work with one who is at one of those, you know, firms or agencies that might have access to a lot of different companies and roles. And so you might keep in contact with them. But it's not, um, you know, to my knowledge, it's not somebody that is going to you know, you're going to hire specifically to get you that job somewhere um, that I know of.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's one person I've met in our industry who his job was to help individuals find jobs, but it was very specific. He worked in the high level finance industry he was working with candidates that were moving across the country and those candidates were paying him multi thousands of dollars but i would for you know even an executive i'd be very hesitant for you to pay someone who said they're going to find you a job what we do as career services providers is is different and we might sometimes market it as we will help you find a job but we're teaching you how to network, we're teaching you how to use your own tools, not going out there and finding a job for you. And and there's a difference, and I'm not sure there's enough of the um, people who will find you a job that exist out there for us to think that that's probably a legit thing if someone says they're going to do that. I'd be very hesitant. Would you agree?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's just too many factors, first of all, in a job search, right? You can't control a hiring manager. Um, You know, you can't control the company's hiring freezes, just say as one example. Um, You know, it's kind of like the same thing as guaranteeing somebody that you absolutely are going to land a job after you use, you know, XYZ services, because you do have to still put in the work. So yes, I agree with you. We give the tools to make that successful um, and not, you know, seeking on behalf of somebody. And the other part of that that people should remember is when you're in a job search, you, you're you the person um, that you're going to need to eventually um, discuss these roles with the companies. You know, you want to build that relationship yourself. So, um, so yeah, just total alignment
1: with you there. Okay, so if these mythical creatures that will find us a job don't really exist, then what is the and this may be kind of obvious, but what is the, the benefit for a candidate of connecting with a recruiter and then what are some of the things that they should be careful or aware of?
2: So, I mean, obviously, and yeah, this this feeds into what you're saying. It might be obvious. The recruiter is there for that specific purpose. So, obviously, being in contact with a recruiter, it is going to be a help because they they know the other recruiters, um, they know the job openings across the board at the company. They have you know internal connections that they can help you you make, um, and so contacting them, I always, always advise people before just blindly contacting a recruiter and trying to make a connection, do a little bit of background research. Um, Try, if you can, to find where this recruiter reports in the organization. Do they even recruit for your type of role? Um, You know, if you're going to reach out to a recruiter and they're recruiting for technology and you're a salesperson, that's that's not really going to work, right? So do a little bit of research, try and find out, you know, who actually recruits in your area. And when you make a connection um, with them, be very specific about what you're looking for, what you offer. I love, you know, that people can the value that they bring, that's going to be so much more impactful than just saying, I am looking for, you know, director of sales roles. Um, So, you know, don't just send your resume and say, hey, can you take a look at this uh, and see if I'm a good fit? No, do do some of that legwork for them. Make it easy on them to help you. That's like my number one biggest Um, biggest tip to be very specific. You know, I'm looking for this. This is what I have done at my past company. And I think I could bring it to X, Y, Z, whatever company we are talking to um, and and start conversations that way.
1: Yeah. And people are often afraid to be too clear, but that, that that's what they're looking for. Right. And then what about, um, So if someone's working for a company, this might be a little bit easier, but if you're talking to a recruiter that's recruiting for multiple agencies, do I need to be careful about connecting with that person? Is there, I mean, I've heard that some people, if I connect with you and you're recruiting for Walmart, but you're external, let's say, and I don't know that they even do that, but it's just an example. You're recruiting for them, but you're an external. Could that hurt me? as an applicant in any way?
2: So, let me ask a clarifying question or I'll give you two different answers if I heard this correctly. If you're a candidate and you're talking to one recruiter um, but you're obviously still applying, right, because you're looking for a job and so there's another recruiter in the same company Um, yes, you're going to want to disclose that you are searching for and working with somebody else. Now, externally, you can do that and just let them know, hey, this is what's what's going on. And that sometimes really helps feed along the process of getting feedback, you know, of getting the the next interview set up when it comes to offer stages. Um, So it's a good best practice. It's not totally necessary that you you have to let them know you know who you're working with and where but you can give them an idea like hey I am interviewing here and I'm close to an offer
1: yeah and I, I think sometimes two people get and it is true so if you're especially when you get to retained search you might be costing that company more money if an external recruiter refers you but that's not a reason not to build a relationship, right? You you still want to build relationships with those external recruiters. And then obviously we're going to talk about building relationships in general, but you'd want to build relationships with those internal recruiters, too. I'm kind of a build relationships with everybody you can kind of person.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. No, I, I, I'm there with you for sure, because you just don't want to shut down opportunities before You know, before you even know what's out there. So I agree, always keeping those connections open. Um, Quite frankly, even when you're in a role, you know, you want to keep those
1: connections
2: going and you never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, so we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how to communicate and how to maintain those relationships. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
2: Join
1: me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
0: America. America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Melissa Reeves, former recruiter, current consultant, who helps job seekers navigate this crazy market that we're in. So we've been talking about who recruiters are, who they work with, who they work for. And now let's talk a little bit about how to communicate with a recruiter. How do you start the conversation and and you know, do you reach out on LinkedIn? I've heard people say, you know, oh, don't like reach out on LinkedIn cold to a recruiter. Just love your opinion on that. and, And how can people get started?
2: Yeah. So I, I don't think, um, it's bad to reach out on LinkedIn. Recruiters really exist on LinkedIn very, very actively. So it's a good route to get to them. Um, but with that being said, they are really getting messages all day long. Um, and so, you know, kind of what we talked about just a, a few minutes ago with being very direct and clear with what you're seeking um, and making that connection, that's really going to be key because they are just swamps with the amount of positions that they have open and, you know, on, on the internal side, talking with their hiring managers, with HR, with, um, you know, legal on various issues, they are just crazy overload communication. So, yes, reach out on LinkedIn, but again, be very helpful and specific in what you're, you know, looking for um, and, and not just... Can you help me? Basically, um, so that that's always going to be the best way to reach out um, with that specific in mind. Um, and if you're like really high tech, you can get a bunch of plugins on your um, your web browser and kind of find email addresses, um, especially if they're at large companies. That it'll kind of go through the algorithm of finding you know what the best um, email setup. Is it, you know, first initial, last name at amazon.com, whatever that looks like. And so you could try to even reach out to them directly via email. And I think that would definitely get their attention and getting it in their email inbox might garner an actual um, better response actually. So um, I don't have those tools off the top of my head, but I can definitely gather some of them. Or if you know of summary, um, of course, uh, we can share, but I can I can find some of those lists because that would be kind of an out-of-the-box out, out of the box way and very creative to, to get to somebody as a candidate because recruiters are doing it on candidates. That's how they're finding candidate email addresses. So you can flip the script on that and see, so you can get into their email
1: inboxes. Those and email then, lookup tools are really powerful. We'll ta- I'll, I'll find a few while we're chatting here. But, um, So whether it's via email or via LinkedIn, you're suggesting that people be really clear and forward about what they're looking for?
2: Yes, definitely, yes, Um, because, again, with the amount of activity that they have on their end um, and how many resumes they're reviewing, if you send yours and just say, is this a good fit, they may not even open that resume. They may not even respond to you. Um, So if you're able to say, I am, you know, a program manager of whatever um, industry you're in, and this is what I've done at my current company, connect it to the, the company you're looking at, you know, this is what I could bring to the table, and I see this happening with whatever initiatives that are in the news, that is so powerful to be able to be that well presented and just know your value, offer it right off the bat. It's really likely that they're going to at least then take a look at your resume, and that's kind of, you know, the first step, right? Um, and then if it's on LinkedIn, especially, then they can go and look on your profile. And so that kind of leads into the passive side of it, having your LinkedIn profile, your Indeed profile, um, any kind of industry specific profile. So like a lot of technology people, um, you know, Dice is a big one. So anything like that, just having your profile completely filled out and then being active and engaging on those platforms. Because once a recruiter goes to look at your profile, they're going to get, number one, a good sense of who you are as a candidate and what you bring to the table. And number two, they're going to see this person is active. They're commenting on things they're liking. They're, they're sharing articles and industry news they are probably going to respond to me and will probably even want a conversation. So I always encourage people to have those platforms, you know, completed and, um, especially on the engagement side. And that really just helps in networking in general, um, as well, because it's just, you're, you're active. You're going to be naturally talking to people, um, and i know recruiters really like to see that but
1: well, i think this is one of our challenges right i was talking to somebody about this just today that all the candidates want to get found by a recruiter on linkedin i don't i don't know what the odds are but i would guess the odds of getting found by a recruiter on linkedin are probably somewhat similar to that of becoming a pro athlete after being a collegiate athlete right that it, there's a certain subset of people that because of the type of work they do and how hard it is to find someone or, or things like that, that yes, you may get found on LinkedIn just by having a great profile. And we do want you to have a great profile. But what you're saying is that people need to engage and interact and, you know, have some kind of communication community that they are involved in because those are going to increase their odds immensely by participating versus just thinking, oh, a great profile is going to attract a recruiter. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even if you think about, um, you know, groups on LinkedIn, just say, um, there are many organizations that – So with LinkedIn, let me back up for just a second. As a recruiter, there are a few different ways that you're going to use LinkedIn. You can either have a LinkedIn seat, meaning you you pay for um, these advanced features of searching for people, or you don't. And so you kind of have to get creative. So um, a lot of recruiters will actually join groups that are parts of industries that they recruit for. So if if you're recruiting for legal roles in a corporate organization, you're going to go on LinkedIn and you're going to join those groups. And that is a really great way to find candidates. If you are that candidate in that group and you're actively engaging and you're sharing knowledge and insight and they're going to see this person really knows what they're talking about, that is going to really... you apart. And that is what I'm talking about when we're engaging. So you can engage with your own network on your your feed. Um, But if you also are in groups on LinkedIn, that's wonderful. The other way that um, recruiters are using LinkedIn, it's called Boolean search. And they are literal search strings using keywords. And these can be skills that they're looking for within a role. It can include job titles. It can include locations, target companies, um, associations. And so this is why having your profile filled out to the max, you know, making sure every section is completed, it has those keywords of the skills that you did on, um, on each of your roles. It has those in your profile so that when the recruiter is typing in, um, you know, project manager and, uh, waterfall and, and they're looking for all of these specific, they're basically funneling, um, what they're looking for. And that's why your profile needs to be filled out because that is going to, again, increase your chances of them finding you as a a passive candidate as well. um, as, you know, when you're actively looking, of course, you're going to want your profile filled out. But that just increases your chances across the board because while you're actively looking, there's recruiters in the background always searching. And so using those tactics, your profile will pull up at some point um, if you've got those those keywords in there.
1: Right. And you're connecting and proactively searching to connect. So that helps you actually, you know, show up even more. Um, So let's talk a little bit about ghosting. People always get frustrated, discouraged with the ghosting. What's going on there?
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's it's It's, very sad. It's very sad. So the reality of it is that in the recruiting process, right, we talked about how, um, busy recruiters are. And by the way, this does not give, um, give an excuse for it. This is, this is just what's happening in the background. Um, and then we'll talk about what we can do. But in the recruiting process, you have so many positions that are open, and that means how many hiring managers you're working with, and then your internal team, you know, meetings, your sourcing. So you're putting together your sourcing strategy. You know, how am I going to find these people? Where are they at? So you're doing all of that research. Then you're executing the search, trying to find people. Then, you know, once you're actually in process um, and, you know, maybe you have that that first interview and then it's like nothing, nothing happens. You don't hear on the end other side of it, it's a lot of um, interview, feedback, and calibration sessions. Maybe they're looking at legal, um, you know, if it's somebody that is needing to, uh, you know, have an immigration status and they're working through that. Maybe it's people that are out of the area, so they have to think about, you know, compensation and relocation packages, And all of that chatter is happening when you're still conducting other job searches, right? And so that feedback to the candidate sometimes drags on and on and on. And honestly, a lot of people, that's where the ghosting comes in, where it just, the ball gets dropped. So while that's the reality, what I always encourage people to do is to absolutely check in. So you've already had some sort of contact. You have an email address. You have a phone number for the recruiter, or even the hired manager if you get to that that um, kind of first hiring manager interview. So I always say, you know, a week after your interview is appropriate to check in and see, you know, where things are at. Many times they they might not know after a week, um, especially if it's a larger organization. Um, So then I would say just wait another week and check in, but you don't just have to keep um, asking, you know, where are we at or do you have a timeline? You can also get a little creative with it and say, you know, I read this in the news about whatever company it is that you interviewed at. Um, Here's what I think, or I would love to hear your thoughts. And just try to keep a warm conversation going and that way it also kind of just keeps it top of mind as you're just communicating um, and maybe gets a little bit more investment from that recruiter because you're connecting outside of just that interview process. Um, so I find those those to be really helpful. Um, if it continues to be no answer, then, you know, At some point, unfortunately, it's just kind of time to to cut ties and, you know, maybe after about a month, I would say, if you know, if you're checking in weekly and you just still don't hear anything, um, you can maybe check that that one off your list and go about your way. Um, But again, keeping that connection over time is a good idea, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about some strategies to do that here in a few minutes. We are going to say thank you to Melissa. Melissa has uh, shared so much time and expertise with us. Thank you so much. Here, how people can find you and get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more.
2: Yeah, no, thank yeah, you no, for you. having me. Um, my company's website is com. Um, and you can find me specifically on LinkedIn. Um, the handle is Melissa N. Like Nancy Reed, and I share a lot of um, good resources uh, out there on LinkedIn. So I would I would love
1: connecting and, and
2: uh, a follow for some good information.
1: Excellent. Yes, follow Melissa on LinkedIn and and all of the other places where you might be. She's there, Twitter, Instagram and fortune consulting fortune avenue consulting so thank you so much melissa we'll say goodbye and we'll be right back here on the career confidant
0: the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff.
1: Welcome back to the to the Career Confidant, and today we were talking with Melissa Reeves, who was a recruiter, and we've been talking about the different types of recruiters and what you should know before you talk to someone. In our Certified Hidden Job Market Coach class, we train coaches on how to help people in their job search, and one of the areas that it's important coaches understand is this Working with a recruiter, what types of recruiters are there? So I'm going to share with you some of the information that we have collected and put in our recruiter guidelines for that course so that it might be helpful to you in a little bit structured way here. Melissa talked about being prepared before you talk with a recruiter, understanding what you want. So who do you want to work for? I always have my clients know their top three target companies. What this tells a recruiter is, one, I'm, I'm knowledgeable, I've done my research, I've looked around, and two, they can discern what types of companies you are looking for based on the three that you might share. Of course, they are going to ask questions, why those companies, et cetera, maybe even what other companies have you considered, so you can have more than three in your mind when you talk with them. But this makes what you want really concrete. Roles, two or three similar roles. I don't want you all over the board. That makes a life recruiter's life very challenging. So know that recruiter that you're talking to. Which types of roles do they target? What types of roles do they place? And then share the roles that you're seeking that align with the ones that they place. Then your target companies. Having three top of mind, having a a list of 10 or so in the back of your mind isn't a bad idea, makes you clear and it may not be a fit. Right. They might say, oh, that's not a fit for me. That's okay. Now, you know that up front, being vague and hoping that they'll find something for you, just not going to work. That's not the way it works, especially when you're talking to an external recruiter. A recruiter works for an agency and places at many different companies. They're moving fast. They want to find candidates who are a good fit. And if you're not a good fit, it's not you're not magically going to become a good fit tomorrow. They need to know that. You need to know that so that you can move on and find someone who is a good fit. If you are clear about what you're targeting, you may get an extra bonus that they will be able to connect you to some recruiters that would be a better fit, even if they themselves are not. Then you want to have that soundbite prepared around what your strengths are. You've already got that answer to the interview questions. What are your strengths? I want this to be clear, targeted. Again, you might have multiple answers to this question and you choose which one to use, depending on what what recruiter you're talking to, what industry, what role do they place. It's gonna be specific to what you're talking about and it's going to have an example or a story, not just a list of all of the things that are your strengths. An example, a story, some kind of memorable bit from your background that you can share or your future focus if you're changing careers or younger in your career, then you may have a little bit more around your passion for why you do what you do. Some connection point in that strengths example and story, not just a list of I'm good at X, Y, and Z. Then you're going to know your details your boundaries your non-negotiables external recruiters are going to ask you for your salary requirements where in many job search conversations we tell you not to be the one that talks numbers first when you are talking to especially an external recruiter they're going to ask you what your salary requirements are and you need to answer them clearly with that researched range you got to know your stuff Again, they're moving fast, they're placing people, they know their numbers, they want to know your numbers to see if you're a good fit for their companies that they're placing for, and there's they're not the negotiator. You're not going to negotiate with them, you're not going to be able to say, oh, you know, what are what are the ranges of the positions you're posting? That conversation happens when you're talking to someone who's internal to the company, internal recruiter, and really an internal hiring manager. That's where negotiations are happening and you need to be thinking about asking questions instead of talking numbers. When you're talking with a recruiter, you want to be clear and upfront and have these numbers and figures and facts ready to go. How much are you willing to travel if that's part of this conversation for your role? How much do you want to make? And Are you willing to relocate? All of those things you want to have figured out before you go and talk to a recruiter. Then you're thinking about what do you want to know from them, of course. And so here are some questions to ask. What's your process for the job? What is their process? How do they work? If you're not quite sure, are they retained or are they with an agency? Retained means that the company will have hired one agency to replace that position or there might be several different companies hiring for that role. You wanna know that. What's the process? How will you communicate? What type of communication works best for them? Then you don't have to wonder, should I call or should I email? Should I LinkedIn? Ask them when you get to this point where you've got somebody on the line, what is the best way for them to communicate with you and vice versa? How do they present their candidates to an employer? What kind of materials are they sending? Some recruiters create their own little brief about you to send to companies. If they're doing that, you want to be aware of it and be able to give them the best information that they can have to present that information with to the company in the best way. How do they work with the company? And then again, how should you follow up? How frequently do they prefer that you follow up? You can ask all those questions if you're thinking about it once you get someone on the line and then you don't have to guess and you don't have to feel like you're pestering people when you do get on that line. Then you want to think about what type of conversations are you having with recruiters? A lot of times you're doing the screening call. And they're really just trying to make sure you have the skills you say you do on your resume. They're verifying that resume. They're going to ask you for some stories. Tell me about when you did this. Tell me about that. And they're going to expect you to have those ready on the tip of your tongue and and move quickly because they are moving quickly. You want to avoid being vague or dodgy. Um, And if they're being vague or dodgy, that's a red flag. They should be able to tell you, they may not be able to tell you the name of the company, but they should be able to tell you enough about the company that it feels solid. They should be able to tell you about the process, the timeline, if the salary figures that you're talking are a match. You don't wanna say, well, everything's on my resume. You wanna answer their questions. You wanna be straightforward and meet them where they're at. And You know you can kind of hear people's pace in their conversations. You want to meet them where they're at and be able to help them move as quickly as they might need to be to get to that next situation. If someone is on LinkedIn and they're a recruiter, you can check to see if they're active. Are they posting? Are they commenting? If they're not, Then, as uh, Melissa was saying, you might want to search for their email address. I found this article with all these different ways that you can find someone's email address. Many of them do require a purchase. Some of them are going to have a free version for a while. Um, In our industry, we talk a lot about Hunter.io. Hunter.io, it is you know there there is a paid version and i'd start with LinkedIn, Twitter, where is this person active if they're a recruiter, not just so that you can connect with them, also so you can do your research, what types of positions are they posting, what types of people are they interacting with, what's their personality like. There's so much information you can get by looking at how someone is interacting on LinkedIn or Twitter or not. If they're not, then it may mean that those aren't a great place for you to connect with them and email is going to be the best fit. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how you can maintain these conversations and communications, even if there's not a job right now, or you feel like you're getting ghosted. How do you maintain that conversation? We'll talk about some of those tips when we get back in just a few minutes.
0: Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America
2: Business Channel.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: So today we were talking with Melissa Reuse from Fortune Avenue Consulting. And she was a recruiter just recently within a company, also worked as an external recruiter for that company. So just some great wisdom here tonight, thinking about how you build relationships really with anyone. So these tips that I'm gonna share now could work with a hiring manager you've interviewed with, a recruiter you've interviewed with, any of those people, here are some things that you can do. So first is find ways to add value to them not just following up on your job search so actually let me back up we said this before but just to reiterate you want to ask people what the best way is to follow up with them and when they would like you to follow up when you're done with an interview when you're done with a screen this should be your final question when they say do you have any questions for us you ask a few questions and then you say when should I follow up if I haven't heard and who's the, you know, what's the best way for me to follow up or who's the best person for me to follow up with. If you're talking to more than one person at an organization, who, when, and how, when you know that you don't have to worry. You've got that information down. Now let's say they say follow up in a week and you follow up in a week and ask them, you know, if they have any further information, need any, need any further information. I, Find a way to ask a question that isn't just, where are you at in the process? Do they need any further information? Is there anything that they need from you to keep things moving forward? You assume the positive. Assume the positive and you're going to ask what they need from you to keep things moving. If that you don't get anything back, then you think about something and even you could do this in between. You could do this anytime. What could you share that would offer value to them? You've talked to them for some amount of time. So we probably know something they're interested in, their industry, their job, maybe something they're struggling with right now. You can guess at some of those things. You can send them articles that might be of interest. You could send them people so this was one of the tips uh, from Denise Spitler in our, our community groups that we have where we talk between ourselves, our, our job search coaches, career coach selves, resume writers. And she was sharing that she had a candidate who shared colleagues' information with these recruiters, obviously because it's you know you want to get everyone's permission but if I'm talking to this recruiter another follow-up I could say is do you have any other positions you're trying to fill right now I have some other colleagues who might be a good fit or you pay attention to what that recruiter is posting on Twitter LinkedIn etc you see that they've got a position posted and you recommend one of your colleagues connect with them when you're that connector when you're that person if you're really doing it thoughtfully and, you know, you really think these people would be a good fit, it's going to create a connection point and help you stand out. There's nothing wrong with asking the recruiter, "Is there? are there any other roles you're looking to fill? I might have, you know, colleagues that would be a good fit. And if you are not looking right now and a recruiter reaches out to you, I highly encourage you to say, I'm not looking right now, however, I'd be happy to refer some of my colleagues. Feel free to share when you have open roles. Now, you are on this recruiter's list of people they share with when they've got an open role, and, you know, lo and behold, one day, one might actually be for you, and you've maintained a relationship with this recruiter. Recruiters have a network. They share with each other. So if you've got opportunities or you've got people that might be able to fit opportunities and you show yourself to be a connector, you will get it back, right? Uh, That recruiter will connect someone to you that might be a good fit. You will just position yourself as a resource. And then of course you can share resources on an ongoing basis, or if this person is active on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever, you can comment and interact with them on a professional level share things, see what questions they're asking, see what the resources they're looking for, and find a way to make yourself useful on a regular basis so that you stay top of mind without having to make it always about the job. Then you can space out your follow-ups, maybe you're asking the first time about the Process and if there's anything you can add then the second time you've got an article to share with them Then you know, I'd say you probably want to space them out by a week If not at least half a week twice a week is probably the most in Terms of contact you want to make You've got a purpose you've got value that you're offering and you're communicating on a regular basis with this person Asking good questions, as we were just talking about in the last segment, when you ask what types of roles they're hiring for, what types of companies they're working for, then you know how to be a better resource, how to be a better connector. So it comes from looking for those opportunities from the beginning so that you can be that resource, be that connector, and not have it always be about you. It's part of the reason I also love having a target list and being able to share that target list is that then it makes the conversation broader. It gives them a lot of different ways to help you. you when you keep that conversation broad, you also find a lot of different ways that you can help them. And then these relationships are just like any other relationship. You want to maintain that relationship and connect and stay connected. You want to make sure you're not Seeing, and in some industries, the recruiter might be an admin, right? Might be an administrator. In higher ed, for instance, when I worked in higher ed, I was an administrative support person, but I was the recruiter for all intents and purposes, both for the master's program that I worked with as well as for the staff positions that we hired. I was in charge of screening, figuring out the order. Um, making suggestions to the, you know, the faculty hiring team. And if you don't build relationships with those people because you don't think about the value they have in the process, well, every person has value anyway. So we want to be kind and thoughtful no matter what. But when we're dealing with someone in this process who's in a, in a place of communication with us, don't negate don't undermine underestimate that's the right word don't underestimate their power in the process and build relationship with them just like you would anyone else oftentimes in our industry we do talk about going around the gatekeeper but that can we can do that to a fault and forget that that gatekeeper hr recruiter whoever it is admin could be our number one advocate and could actually be a powerful advocate, could have quite a bit of sway. And it it is worth our time and effort to build a relationship with them and to give an opportunity for a a two-way relationship where we can help them, resources, maybe other connections, other ways that we might be able to help And of course they will be able to help us because they are privy to what's going on in these organizations and the positions that are coming up and available. Anytime you can find a person, connect with a person, get a person to respond to you, value that interaction, find a way to add value to that person ask good questions that give you good information and if all else fails ask that person if there's anything you can do to be of help i understand that's kind of a lazy question but if you're if you've asked some good questions and you can't find something you, you know it's better to ask that than nothing find ways to maintain that relationship through value maintain that relationship through ways that that really do build a connection and of course If you have other questions and things we can help you with, feel free to let me know at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant.
0: Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant.